Hello, Aaron Cloutier here, and welcome to episode two of the Song Ranting Podcast. If you're new to the show, then, well, why wouldn't you be? It's only episode two. <laughs> but uh, if you're new to the show, basically what I do here is I take questions from my mailing list, from social media, wherever I can find it, all based around the topic of songwriting, and just do my best to be of some service based on my own experience and things that I've learned you know, along the way. So... This is gonna be a two-parter actually, so this is part one of a two-part series because the question is very, very broad. It touches on the topic of recording and specifically the question asked, do you have any tips on how to deal with nerves during recording sessions? So this is something that hits home for me big time and I can't wait to get into it. But before I do, just in case you're not even at the recording phase yet, you're still working on songs and you're not sure how to you know, finish songs or even get started. I just want to give you something that's going to help you out. It's kind of like complimentary to this next couple of episodes. So it is my multi-step guide on how to write songs today, like literally today. It's just basically just a checklist of like, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. Super simple, you know, basically just bullet points, super actionable. And um, if you're interested in that, you can grab it at the link in the description. Or if you're listening in iTunes, you can head over to www.fastermusiccreation.mykajabi slash write dash better dash songs dash today. I have to work on that link. But uh, anyway, okay, so let's just get into ways of beating what I call red light fever um, when it comes to recording in the studio. So today actually we're gonna be focusing on vocals. Next week is gonna be guitar. So the first thing I wanna talk about with this might sound pretty obvious to some of you out there, but it's definitely worth talking about. So when you're dealing with nerves in the studio, right, it's all about mindset. It kinda of goes without saying almost, but there are ways that you can approach this before going into the studio and during. Um, just to give a quick overview about like during, if you are nervous, and this is something I resonate with because I am nervous by nature. I have a lot of very nervous energy and this is something that I have, you know, wrestled with during my recording career. And um, one thing I've learned is that if you are denying the fact that you're nervous, you're actually making that worse. You're giving it more power and attention. And you know, this might seem counterintuitive, but if you just flip that upside down and just accept that you're nervous, right? It actually makes things a lot easier in a sense. It's kind of like, I used to approach this when I was performing live because I would get super, you know, just in my own head about stuff. If I was left to my own devices and there was a lot of time before the show and I wasn't keeping busy, I would just start overthinking things. And a really good strategy was just to be like, okay, you're nervous, so what are you gonna do about that? You know, you you could not go on stage if you didn't want to, right? Like, you could just turn around and go home. <laughs> it is possible. But, yeah, I asked myself, like, are you really gonna do that? I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that, right? And chances are you're not gonna do that either, right? Very unlikely you're just gonna turn and walk, walk away if you've already gotten to that point where you're on stage. So, you need to look at those nerves as an asset, right? you can look at those nerves as like fuel for your performance. And I'm telling you, it really makes for some, you know, 
animated stage presence. I, I can never stay still on stage, so I'm always moving around. Uh, usually if I make eye contact with people in the crowd, you know, it, it'll mess me up. So I look over their head and all that sort of stuff. So all those things you can bring into the studio as well, right? Take that nervous energy and just channel it into your performance, right? It'll make it more exciting and you'll have more fun as a result. Especially if you have somebody recording you where you're just allowed to kind of, you know, be free flowing as much as possible. That said, there are some strategies that you can take at home to do this as well. I'm going to get into that later, but I just want to preface this whole episode with that. Just if you're nervous, don't fight it, accept it and ask yourself, how can I use this to my advantage? Because you really can. I'm going to be talking about ways to prepare for the studio before you go in and things that you can do during uh, studio time. Um, I'm going to kind of be jumping back and forth, but the first thing I want to talk about in cultivating that mindset is consistency, right? You can't necessarily, you know, book studio time all the time to get in there and get used to that environment, right? Because that can be pretty expensive for most of us. So the alternative is recording at home, right? Things get easier and easier with consistency, just constantly doing it, constantly doing it. Because if you're in a new environment, things are going to feel a little bit weird. You have to adapt to these new environments. Being on stage is a completely different environment than recording in your home studio or recording in somebody else's studio. You know, it's just like slightly unfamiliar if you, if you don't do it a lot. So getting as much practice in at home is a great start, I think. Um, not only do you have, you know, recordings to be able to kind of like turn a mirror back on yourself and just hear like, okay, so that's how I sound when I push a little bit too hard or, ooh, like I, you know, my breathing wasn't right, right about there, or I was straining too much there, you know, and you can kind of assess after the fact, like, what was I doing? Was I, you know, was my head too far back and putting strain on my larynx? or were my shoulders too sunken in and it made me sound like a little less powerful, right? Things like that. Also, you know, you can just see where you need to improve as a singer in general. Like, okay, so I was a little flat there, you know, maybe I should practice more with scales or, or even just work out like a vocal guide track to practice to, right? So you really internalize the melody. This can be hugely beneficial, especially if, um, you know, you are the one who is writing all the music. I <laughs> I come into this all the time where it's like, I'll write something and then I think that I know it just because I wrote it. But just because you wrote a melody doesn't mean that you necessarily know it, right? You have to spend some time with it and really internalize it. I like to go as far as incorporating that vocal guide track into my recording sessions because it just helps to have that little extra reference. And you know, some people might think it's cheating, but it's kind of like when you're in the studio, everything's cheating. You know, you can do multiple takes, you can comp things, you can, you know, edit, you can tune things if you want to. You use EQ and compression. You're manipulating the sound all the time. So it's kind of like if you have any preoccupation with that, and I only say that because I used to when I was younger. I was like, oh, that's kind of cheating. I should be able to, you know, just bust it out in the studio. But it's like, if it helps you to deliver a more authentic and emotive performance, just go for it. That's, uh, it's silly to think like anything like that is cheating unless you can't replicate it live. And then, you know, that just comes down to rehearsal, right? 
So like I said, record, 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 record at home, okay? It's only gonna get easier and easier the more that you do this and do it consistently. Do it, you know, every week. Try to do it three to five days a week, you know, as much as you can, really. And if you don't have access to a DAW or anything to record yourself, make it a priority to invest in, okay? I mean, not only is it going to help with dealing with nerves when you're in the recording studio, but there's so many other benefits that you can get from this. You can take care of all your pre-production when you're working on all your stuff at home. So that way you can actually save more time and money when you actually go to the studio, right? Like, that's just a couple off the top of my head that just more than makes it worthwhile, you know? So again, get a DAW, get a computer if you don't have a DAW, or just get some kind of portable recording device just to do this. Um, you know, when I started out, I had a Boss BR900 CD portable recorder. It was this like, it almost looked like a huge uh, like pedal board type thing, but it had a built-in drum machine, had inputs for guitar and vocals, and that's how I got my start made a lot of crappy recordings and just kind of figured things out from there. It's like, oh, if I'm too close to the mic, that's going to like make it sound like this, right? Um, or, oh, if I yell too loud with the volume up too much, that's going to distort things. Or, ooh, if I record it over there, it sounds really boxy, you know, stuff like that. Um, whatever you can get your hands on, do it. A couple other things I want to touch on regarding recording at home that are huge is one, if we're talking about the more, you know, technical aspects of recording, super important to know how to build a headphone mix. Hearing yourself while you're recording is obviously really, really important. And, you know, like I said before, we're talking about different environments when it comes to singing and the recording space, right? especially in headphones, is a very different environment and one that's kind of like really difficult to get used to in the beginning. So there are a few things that you can do to set yourself up for success. So learning how to build a proper headphone mix, getting to know how your voice reacts if you're singing over a full bed of music, right? Controlling like, hey, maybe I don't want as much bass in my headphones because that's kind of like covering up, you know, the parts where I'm singing in chest voice or if I'm singing like really intimately close to the mic, right? That might drown out some of those frequencies or maybe you just want drums and no guitar, right? And just something to give you a sense of like where the melodies should sit, you know, maybe like some kind of piano or keyboard, whatever it is, whatever is going to work for you. Another important thing is understanding how to use EQ and compression to your advantage when you're singing, determining whether or not you just want to use EQ and compression as a monitoring tool so that it doesn't record directly to um, your song that you're working on, or whether or not you want to, you know, record EQ and compression directly to the audio track. You know, I've done both. I tend to record straight to EQ and compression these days just because it helps to make a more even um, waveform, which helps with mixing down the line. And not to mention, it just helps with me being able to get more free with my voice to be able to, you know, sing at any dynamic level that I want to, whether it's loud or quiet, and I can still hear myself in the headphones. Hugely, hugely beneficial. And <laughs> I wish I had heard about this years ago, because it would it just would have saved me, you know, years of just rage <laughs> and frustration. So 
those are a couple of things I wanted to, uh, to throw in there as well. The other really important thing about recording yourself at home is just the ability to experiment, right? Just to explore different sounds that you can make with your voice, you know, testing your range. You know, sometimes you don't know how high or how low you can go because you might be self-conscious about it. Like if you're at band practice or if you're in a vocal lesson or, you know, wherever. So having that privacy of recording at home allows you to make all the mistakes and just test the waters, you know, and you know, you can explore with harmonizing with yourself, seeing if your voice, you know, works at a lower frequency when like harmonizing with the lead vocal. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes some people's voices like don't necessarily complement themselves when they're harmonizing and then some do very well. Every voice type is different too. But that's kind of my point is just to explore, experiment, uh, have fun with it. I mean, that's the whole point of recording at home anyway, in my opinion. It's just, it's all about making music. So the next thing I want to talk about is setting the mood. Um, still sticking with this whole thought of environments, right? A lot of times I've heard about artists who have done things, you know, ranging from you know, just turning off the lights and, and lighting a bunch of candles to set the mood or maybe burning incense or even um, things as interesting as having like the TV on and playing movies that kind of convey the theme of the music that they're working on. I, I heard that Devin Townsend does that a lot is where he'd be working with bands or he'll be working on his own music, I think. And he would have on some type of, you know, depending on what it is. It's an angry record that they're working on. It might be, you know, some kind of um, action movie or, you know, war film or anything like that. Or he might, you know, put on, I think it was like Planet Earth, right? That nature show, which is super mellow. Um, he's even done things as far as, uh, like he wanted to record guitars while staring out this massive window overlooking, you know, a forest and a bunch of nature. And that was the thing that was kind of getting him in the mindset to be able to record guitars for this particular song, right? So that's a cool thing to explore. It's like, what kind of ways can you change the environment of where you're recording to help get you in the mood that much more? Um, anything from, you know, throwing rugs on the ground, putting up posters, uh, having plants, flowers in the room, um, anything like that, really, like so many different things you can do. If you have any things that you actually like to do when you're in the studio like that, let me know in the comments because I'd be very interested in hearing about that. Um, these are just a few that came off the top of my head. So it really all depends how you are as a person and a vocalist, right? Like some people need things to be completely you know, distraction-free so they can just focus on the task at hand and not have to worry about, you know, hearing anything that might trip them up or anything like that. Whereas I've heard other scenarios where people have turned, you know, TVs on or radios on because they need that white noise. They need that distraction in order to keep them from, you know, thinking too much about what they're about to do. Everybody's different, but just see what you can do to cultivate an environment that allows you to be like 100% in the moment with your voice. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about today is 
just preparing before you go into the studio, right? And there's so many things that you can do beforehand to do this. But um, going back to the whole thing of mindset, right? A lot of that can be a physical thing as well, because I'm sure you've heard that that saying, like, if you go there in the mind, you'll go there in the body. Works both ways. If you're carrying a lot of tension in your body, it's going to affect your performance. And it most likely will transfer into your mindset, right? If you're not hitting a note like you usually do quite as easily due to some kind of physical strain, right? That's going to start to make you think like, oh, God, what's happening now? I've lost it, you know? I've certainly had those moments as well. And it's forced me to go back and just, you know, assess like, okay, what have I been doing as far as like physical activity? I do strength training and I do things of that nature, which causes a lot of tension in the body. So recently I have adopted yoga to offset all that sort of stuff. And that has been like such an amazing, amazing help with this whole process. Um, not only does it help address some of the physical tensions and help you to be a lot more flexible and obviously help with the breathing aspect of things, but there's this like yoga high that you have after a really long session. I usually do them for like around an hour and it just gets to this point where you're just so mellow and just so completely relaxed and centered. And for me, it stays with me for the rest of the day. If I do it, you know, first thing in the morning, if I, you know, have a big day ahead of me, I usually get to it first thing in the morning, but I, it just sets the tone and just carries me throughout with this kind of like, mm. <laughs> you know, that kind of feeling. Um, so I highly recommend doing yoga. Another thing is if you have the means and I don't really, but in case you do out there, I recommend getting a professional massage, maybe, you know, once a week. If you're in the studio and you're recording, you know, an album or whatever it's going to be, that might be a really good investment just to stay loose, stay mellow, stay relaxed, right? Because, you know, the more tense you are, the more, you know, time is probably going to take to get the good takes in the studio, which is going to cost more money anyway. And you probably just build up frustration. And we as singers, we tend to be, you know, a little fragile about... You know, our voices and whatnot, we're very self-conscious, generally speaking, and um, that can lead to some really negative momentum if you're just you know, walking into the studio and you're just very tense and tight and you're not really setting yourself up for success. So those are a couple of things I recommend, massages and yoga. But another thing that I want to talk about too, this one's huge for me too, and I share this with all my students all the time, is meditation. Not only does it help with, again, the breathing aspect of things like yoga, but it just helps to cultivate this, this place in your mind that is just solid and centered and focused. And, you know, it's a practice. It's a discipline like anything else. But what I love about it is that the practice itself can be very relaxing and you don't have to be good at it <laughs> for it to work. You know, even if you feel like it's not working, even if you feel like you're getting distracted when you're meditating, um, it's still doing something. Like, for example, uh, you know, if you get like an app like Calm or Headspace, they'll have things where you have certain exercises that you do anytime that your focus, you know, leaves whatever it is you're supposed to be focusing on. For example, in Headspace, they have this thing where you're counting 
uh, down from 10 to one, or they're counting up from one to 10. I forget about this. Yeah, so you're basically counting your breaths. So the inhale is one and then exhale is two. And you're repeating that until you get up to 10 and then you start over again. Eventually your thoughts are gonna drift and just go elsewhere because that's what the brain does. That's what the mind does. And the more you can just gently redirect yourself back to that task of like counting your breaths, right? The more you're kind of strengthening that centered focused place in your mind. And that can be applied to anything, but especially when you're singing. Meditation is a huge one. Um, I definitely recommend it. My students have told me like they've meditated right before a performance and it just helped them just get all kinds of clarity and shake off their day that happened before they went on stage and can't speak highly enough about it. So I highly recommend that you do it. Anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about that for today. So thanks so much for watching. I really appreciate it. I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has been worth your time. And if you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, of course, if you're on iTunes, if you would just do me a huge solid and leave a five-star review, I would love you for the rest of your life. If you have any questions, leave them in the comment section. If there is something that you want me to talk about on a future episode, definitely let me know. And I will see you on the next one. Thanks again. Stop!